Voy un momentico al mercado. No hay vianda para la comida. Hey, Frida. Hey, Carmen. You know what I was thinking about the other day? What? <laughs> Viandas. You know what? Yeah, I mean, I've been thinking about them too. No coincidence, right? Um, no, no coincidence at all. <laughs> when I just mentioned the word viandas, just the word, I feel so Cuban. And I guess it's because it's something that like is a part of your kitchen. It's a part of what you eat. It's a part of your entire conceptualization of food. When you're Cuban. <laughs> when you're Cuban, right? Keyword right. there, Cuban. <laughs> okay, right, so right. there are other peoples who use the word viandas. We have found many other definitions. The Argentinians use it to describe any food that you package up and take with you to go. The Spanish use it to describe any food, really, honestly. The Puerto Ricans also consider some things that maybe some Cubans might not consider to be viandas. So what are viandas? Viandas are generally root vegetables that you have to cook to prepare. And the whole cooking to prepare thing is more of a pattern that Carmen and I noticed in all of these root vegetables that we mentioned. So the vegetables are either indigenous to Cuba or were brought over. Some of them were brought over shortly afterwards by Africans. And so what are some viandas? Just to give you all like solid examples. We have boniato, which is yam or sweet potato. We have papas, potatoes, yuca, which some people called yucca. It's more like cassava. Calabaza, which would be squash or think pumpkins. And even sometimes you can consider platano, not bananas, but plantain. Platano macho and platano burro. Hold on, our whole definition is not okay. Since when have you seen a platano growing under the ground? When? That's true. That doesn't happen. So, anyway, so it's any vegetable that you have to cook to eat, I think is what we've derived. <laughs> we, are, we are honing in on our observation of what like this definition really should be. As we have this conversation, we're still trying to work through the universal definition of a vianda. And it turns out it's not universal at all. It turns out you might ask some folks and they might consider it one thing or the other. But you know who does think they have a perfect definition of a vianda? Ecurred. It's ecurred. <laughs> ecurred is basically Cuba's Wikipedia. And do you know, when was the last time we used ecurred? We used it when we were describing the different kinds of communist institutions oh, in is that our why fourth episode. <laughs> yeah. This is content that the Cuban government and the Cuban regime has created that can be visited to hear what, like, what is the Cuban regime's take on the world. Lo and behold, a whole entire article on viandas. The regime aside, enough people are like, this is important enough that we need to, you know, have resources around it or, you know, however way you want to look at it. Neutrally, yeah, and it, this and is I a big to, enough deal. I need deal. to let people know that this is not a Wikipedia that is a, the breadth of the Wikipedia that we know. It is only going to focus on Cuban things. Of so, course. like, it has to have an article on viandas. And they outlined... Like an overarching definition of vianda. A vianda has alto contenido de agua, which is a lot of water. Obviously, because it has more water and it's more starchy, it has less nutrients. It is also supposed to be voluminosas, which is large, big, 
Um, alimentos básicamente energéticos muy bajos conteniendo proteínas o otros nutrientes pero necesitan complementarse ok so they're starches okay so son alimentos <laughs> básicamente energéticos which are starches and also antinutri what the fuck does this mean they have anti nutrients Carmen the that's fuck a whole is thing. an anti nutrient something and that if why you would have you it, want some- that Something that if you eat it, actually, like, it actually interferes with your absorption of nutrients. But usually, anti-nutrients can be dealt with by cooking? by sprouting or by cooking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, there are anti-nutrients in potatoes. Like, we know I'm we're not just going to bite into a potato. I anti-nutrient was. You don't have to. You don't have why to. Why would I need to know that? Like, you hear about nutrients, but why would you ever want to know about the anti-nutrients? That's like being anti-world peace. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants that? Nobody. Anyway. Nobody, but I I guess these vegetables have defense mechanisms to be like, don't eat me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but I heard one time somebody say that you can eat potatoes. That you raw. can eat raw potatoes? Yeah, I don't know. Obviously, I didn't try that. That sounds I don't terrible. think so. I don't, I don't think, think my so. teeth would survive, honestly. I feel like maybe you can eat it, but I think maybe the ratio of anti-nutrients to nutrients. <laughs> It'll be a negative potato. Right. You know? Like, you know, potato. positive, negative charge. That would be a negative that potato. Be, yeah. So another thing that viandas are, according to Ecured, is perecederas, which is perishable. They'll spoil easily. Ah. You know, that goes against everything that I know about viandas. Because I always knew viandas were just there in the viandera, in your kitchen, forever. Yeah. Right? Exactly. It's not part of decoration, obviously, because nobody would say that viandas are pretty, per se. But at the same time, it's it's a staple of the overall aesthetic of Cuban households. You gotta have a viandero somewhere. You know what I feel like doing? Like, I don't have a viandero right now. Like, I don't. And neither, and neither do you. But, like, there would be Somebody nothing more... Somebody send us more... some vianderos, please. There would be nothing... No, no, here's the problem. Like, it, it would take me a lot of work to find some malanga where I am. It would That's take true. me a lot of work to find yuca where That's I am. That's true. And then I would have to pay a bunch of money for them, too, which is, hurts my soul because I know that viandas are supposed to be cheap. For anyone listening, and this is for some reason your first episode, first of all, have patience with us. Second of all... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> second of all, we talk about being Miami girls and all of that, but we are not in Miami. Both of no. us are not. Not currently. And so when we're talking about our access to these kinds of vegetables, I I know that you can find them elsewhere in like so-called ethnic stores, even as we consider it such a staple of Cuban culture. And it actually was a surprise to learn that a lot of viandas are indigenous to Cuba, like actually yeah. native. We have all of these things that are, we consider inside the, the bubble of Cubanity to be super Cuban, right? And then they are actually not originating at all from Cuba. For example, case in point, the Cuban sandwich... Didn't even come from Miami. Came from Tampa. And yeah. Spoiler alert. If you did not know the end of our episode on the Cuban sandwich, please listen to it. It's still worthwhile. <laughs> it's not the only one. thing we discuss. And then we go and make an episode on sugar. And sugar cane was not indigenous to Cuba. But let me talk about the beautiful viandas that have been in Cuba forever. Viandas uh, are so underrated. So some requete Cuban viandas are... Yuca. Imagine how delicious yuca with mojo tastes. It's like boiled to perfection in that starchy goodness with that mojo. And it's chewy too. And it's chewy, but it dissolves in your mouth. Ugh. And you know what? I personally don't mind the strings 
I actually kind of like the strings. I feel like it makes the food interactive and it makes me feel good. I've gotten, yeah, I got quite used to the strings. And because everything else is chewy, it's just part of the experience of having yuca. So if you ever see some like slabs of long potato-like substances covered in some sauces at a Cuban party, you go for that. You, you want you that. You grab that that's and you, the stuff that's, you like, want. that's like at least a third of your plate. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Bear with me. But I feel like yuca has the actual solid of the yuca, and then it also has, like, a small film that covers all of it if it's boiled and, like, presented correctly. And that film around the yuca, do you know what I'm talking about? Like Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It's a little yes, bit more yes, solid yes. in the middle and, like, a little bit more fluffy on the outside. Yes. That, that particular fluffiness on the outside, that is my favorite. That blend of textures, oof, it just, I am so happy thinking about it. I also love seeing yuca because yuca can get so giant. If you're going to pick up yuca at the store, you're going to see yuca the size of my arm. And you're going to just like pick it up and it's going to look like something from another planet. And Mm -hmm. you're going to make dishes out of it. Yuca on the outside, when you look at it, kind of resembles like a bark. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like a little bit like a tree bark. And so you do have to work pretty hard to peel these things and get them prepared and ready to go. When we were actually talking about the Cuban sandwich, there was some literature that we read that the so-called first Cuban sandwich was actually made with cassava bread. And cassava would be like cassava, which would be kind of like a yuca. I read that that bread was more like a flatbread, more than... I imagine that they didn't really have much to rise with. I think so. I think it was kind of like a nice little chip. Speaking of, like... The one way that I've seen yuca creep into the world outside of Miami is in yuca yuca fries. Yuca fries. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, yuca fries. Every time I see yuca fries on the menu, I get it. And people are like, Carmen, that's a weird choice. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm Cuban. That's the most natural choice. Usually for some reason, there's like some like lime cilantro sauce that you can dip it into. And that is just perfection. Have mercy. (laughs) Obviously, I have a love affair with yuca. Step one, yuca's amazing. Step two, yuca's amazing. Like, it's just, it's just, we love it. The end of the world, yuca's amazing. You know, zombie apocalypse, (laughs) yuca's amazing. You know, (laughs) that's how it goes. Yeah. And actually, like, these things, even though they're somewhat perishable, I consider them to be just very resilient. I imagine that probably Cubans think that anything that spoils within a year is perishable. Right? Because it's just anyway. like your tomatoes are not going to last as long as your yuca does. No, you of know? course not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Another vianda that's indigenous to Cuba is malanga. Malanga. Not malanga. to be confused with the plant, which is actually pothos, okay? Cubans also call pothos malanga. But we're not talking about that one. We're talking about malanga, the root vegetable. Outside of Cuba, like, some people will call a lot of different things malanga. And that just makes things more confusing. Yeah. That's like, on confusing. the one hand, there's one thing called malanga coco, coco yam and another thing is malanga taro this is going one step too far for me because i am only aware of malanga as one thing i know malanga mostly in like puree and fritter style foods you have like fritura de malanga friturita de malanga oh friturita de malanga those things are like crispy crispy malanga bits and they taste amazing Cro- kind of like croquettes yeah fritters. but like fritters but that's like, the word fritters yeah 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 (laughs) and then crema de malanga is kind of like mashed potato but even more mashed i would say it's more like blend not quite blended but almost blended malanga i think that if you're not an expert at viandas you might confuse it with yuca 
Like, it might be hard to identify. But I would say one of the differences is that malanga can sometimes be a little hairy. And also, its shape, as far as I know, it isn't as long as no, the yuca is. I feel like malanga is a little more bulbous. So... It's a little bit sweet and a little bit nutty. One of my personal favorites is boniato. Everyone tells me that my favorite snack as a little kid was un boniato a las tres de la tarde. And you know what? <laughs> I can't. I'm going to own that. I want you to picture little tiny <laughs> Carmen eating a boniato, like stuffing her face with a boniato. Like, like, is it whole? <laughs> Has it been cut for you? Or is it one whole boniato? So from what I understand, it would be boiled for me and then placed into a bowl. And then I would be given a spoon and then I would just eat it. Is it white boniato or is it orange boniato? White boniato. Damn, and that is a that is the that's that's Cuban boniato right there. White boniato. That's, sometimes I would ask for butter and salt for my boniato. Mm, yeah. Boniato is known as sweet potato, but then I also know boniato to be white. So there's like the white boniato, and that white boniato is a Cuban boniato, and the other one is ñame, which is yam. Mm-hmm. And we're and are sometimes called boniato. Dude, are these definitions just like intersecting? <laughs> I don't know if in Spanish that's one of those things like limón, right? Where like the both the yellow yeah, and the green th- are limón, but then in English it's lime and lemon. I think this is a big broader category. The one thing that we can say about like the indigenousness of boniato is that the white boniato is the one that's indigenous to Cuba. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that Carmen was enjoying with the white inside and reddish, purplish, mm-hmm. brownish reddish, outside. outside. Yep. Yeah, it's... It's beautiful. It's kind of like splotched. I think it's a bit hairy too. And this one, this one's a bit oddly shaped. Like it's kind of lumpy. Yeah, that's how I like it. It's kind of like lumpy space princess when you think about it because it's like a little bit purple on the outside. Just a boniato. Chad. I wanted to be a yoga, but I had to be born of a boniato. Oh my god, that's so bad. (laughs) Folks, if you do not know what Lumpy Space Princess is, go watch Adventure Time. Yeah. (laughs) We need to make a Boniato Lumpy Space Princess, or basically like a conscious, like, Princess Boniato. Can we do that? (laughs) Yes, yes, but (laughs) if anything, I'm gonna like copy paste it and draw little arms and little eyes on it, and it's gonna float. And so, Cubans and boniatos, what do we do with boniatos? Boil Um, them. You Um, boil them? Like, I know I mainly have eaten them just, like, boiled and with, like, some salt and oil on them. Like, honestly, pretty boring, but enough for Carmen, that's for sure. That's for sure. Um, I'm a simple woman. I know they've been worked into... (laughs) She's not simple. She's not simple, folks. Don't let her tell you that, Okay. They're worked into buñuelos. So, like, we've already talked about yuca, and now we're talking about boniato. And when you mix both of them, you can make buñuelos, which is, like, a wonderful dessert that's in the shape of an eight, crispy on the outside, somewhat fried, like, almost like a donut in the shape Mm -hmm. of an eight that's made out of boniato and yuca. So it's gluten-free, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gluten-free donut. Buñuelos are when boniato and yuca get together and have a baby. Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it okay. is gluten-free. Everything we're talking about right now is gluten-free. So knock your socks yeah, off. Yeah, this is pre-wheat society, pre-Colombian, mm-hmm. pre-wheat. So next up on the list, 
Y'all have heard of this one. It's called corn. <laughs> so I know. So you know what? I don't think we have to say too much about corn. Honestly, like corn is a vianda. Next. Corn is a vianda. Next. Honestly, like if we were Mexican, this this would not be right to do. Like if we, we would have to spend Mexican, a we whole would have season to do a on whole corn. episode. Yeah, a whole season on season corn. Season on corn. But alas, we're Cuban and we're talking about viandas. <laughs> yeah. A couple of things that we make with corn. Tamales. Yeah, tamales. And tamal en cazuela. Tamal okay, cazuela moving too. on. No, so. no, no, wait, hold on. No, that's not true. We make one of my favorite dishes with corn. It's called harina. Yeah, harina, harina, of course. I love harina with un huevo frito and a little bit of um, salsa de tomate y un platanito al lado. Because, of course, why not? So harina, the harina that we're talking about, it's kind of like grits, it's, but it's kind of like polenta. It's grits. But it's made of corn. It's like yellow cornmeal cooked for, slow cooked for a really, 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 really long time. And by the end of it, you get something not quite as thick as polenta, but not quite as runny as grits. So I'm glad that you mentioned the texture because if you don't eat your arena immediately and oh you just God. let it sit, no. it's going to turn into one lump. Like it turns into the you shape of the lace. bowl. Yeah. And my mom used to tell me that her brother used to always wait until it hardened and he would just throw it in her face <laughs> i dinner. love that why are cuban brothers so bad oh my god <laughs> that is how like the concept of the solidification of arena st- has stuck in my mind because i have those visuals so i think that's corn <laughs> so that's right? corn that's corn and then last but not least on the list of og cuban viandas squash 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 so squash would normally just be called calabaza but even though it's called calabaza it's like all forms of squash and pumpkin yeah Yeah, i i I remember one of the biggest like this is culture shock right like one of the weirdest things is like coming home from school and asking my parents for help with homework or something and then being like i need to draw una calabaza and then my mom draws the wrong thing and i'm like no but i meant pumpkin and she's like i don't know what that is what do you mean this orange pumpkin thing like we don't have that or i'm like oh i need to draw un zucchini and they're like what the fuck is un zucchini and it finally after a while they would be like calabaza okay got it but a pumpkin and a zucchini are both squash and they are not the same thing and you know what? I know how you say your mom drew the wrong thing, but she drew the wrong thing according to this perspective of more of Northern American. And also, like, not just Northern American perspective, but this idea that, like, you were probably drawing this for Halloween and it was probably the typical yellow pumpkin, which isn't as tasty as a lot of the other squashes. And there's so many amazing squashes, even in the U.S., that we don't appreciate as much unless you're, like... A connoisseur. I do appreciate that actually Cubans are very familiar with all sorts of different weirdly shaped calabazas. And I love that they're just like all of them are calabaza. And you never really you, you just know which one you're talking about somehow. Yeah, why are we, we not specific with anything? First of no. all, the fact that we're literally saying calabaza and not just saying viandas right now is wild. But anyway, Crazy. we'll get to that later, right? Here we are celebrating all of these viandas that came from Cuba. We're going to celebrate the viandas that were added by African enslaved people who came over against their will and brought with them plantains and yame. If we were Mexican, we had to do a whole season on corn. And if we were Dominican, I feel like we had to do a whole entire show about platanos. I cannot imagine a life without platanos. Like, if I have to be born in the next life and I am born into a culture that doesn't have platanos, I just want to go back. 
Like, I want to do over. <laughs> I don't want it. I just don't want it. I love that my understanding and my familiarity with plantain isn't just limited to the bananas that were like mass produced in Costa Rica or Hawaii. But even in the banana world, there are actually like, I think over 170 varieties of bananas you can like, eat as fruit. Like, we're what? not allowed to get into them because of this episode is about Biandas, but I so want to get into story. all of those bananas. And that's the thing. Plantains and banana and banana varieties, They're we like need cousins. to get into that. Let's put that on the shelf for another season. Put that, okay, we're going to add that to the list. <laughs> we're going to add some point. We're going to be like, what do we talk about? We'll be like, it's going to be platano. <laughs> platano. That's actually platano. how this We're like, what do we do now? And then we're like, we know. Biandas. Biandas. <laughs> no, but it's true. Biandas are really important. Yeah. Look, last but not least, nyame, which is yam, which is like, what's the yam? The powers yam, that yam, be. Yam. yam, 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 yam. Yams. Yams are yams. You know what yams are. Yams. Like, yams are yummy. Say. Yams are yams. A lot of people know yam as a thing, but at least in the US, but not that many people know yuca unless, you know, they live in a big city or something like that. But so imagine that all of the viandas got together and then they were like, we need to have a vianda convention, right? And then they did that and then we called it ajiaco. Ajiaco is the dish. Ajiaco is a pre-Columbian dish and it has like all of the viandas. It has the indigenous viandas. Later on when Africans came, it incorporated the African viandas and of course, Beyond Beyondas has a ton of meat in it as well. And all of those meats also represent different culinary cultures that appeared in Cuba. And ajiaco is what my family would call like comida levanta muerto. Like it's the kind of food that could raise you from the dead because it is a beautiful combination of so, so many flavors. It's the kind of dish that you simmer forever and ever and ever and you can make it in a large, large pot and serve it to the whole community. One of the things that I appreciated a lot about watching cooking shows that would go to other countries is noticing their version of ajiaco. Like noticing mm, yeah. that many, many places have, have a kind ajiaco. of communal big soup that you cook forever in a big, big pot in the center of the community. And it mm -hmm. has like the scraps of all sorts of things, and it's delicious, and you also enjoy it in community. Outside of Cuba, there are a variety of stews that are like ajiaco. In some places, they actually call it ajiaco, and in other places, you might know it as sancocho. And I'm also willing to bet if we go even further than that, that we could apply the same concept to many different stews that other peoples make. Why? Because it's something big that you can make in large batches, and it will feed a lot of people, and then also it's actually quite nutritious. I love ajiaco to death. Mm -hmm. To death. And some of my favorite things is just, like, not knowing what I'm going to pick up on the next spoonful. Mm -hmm. Like, not knowing whether I'm going to get a green platano. It's like mystery Or a yellow soup. platano. Or am I going to get a little bit of malanga, you know? Or can I bite a little bit into that, that nice cut of corn? Mm. Will it be squash? Will it be squash? So many possibilities. How will we ever know? By trying it. We We're going to have, have to... This episode is making me so hungry. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and here's the thing. This episode has a little too much nostalgia, doesn't it? Because we're here talking about all of these things 
that we either don't have that much access to or we haven't incorporated into our everyday lives. Yeah, so Frida and I don't live in Miami. And I know that a lot of Cuban culture lives within the bubble of the Miami ecosystem. It's quite nostalgic for us because we left Miami. But I would also argue that I don't know when was the last time I heard someone of our generation use the word viandas in a serious, casual context. So I almost feel like viandas as a word, there's just a lot to talk about there. Viandas is something you would listen to your mom say that she's going to go pick up from the store. It's not something that our generation really uses. It's not a word that we use as often. Because our conception of what are the various food groups is far more defined by like the FDA food pyramid than this kind of category, right? Like we're thinking vegetables and we're thinking what are the specific vegetables? What are specific fruits? What are specific starches and wheats? I think that Carmen, you said something like if you go to a restaurant and they were to just serve you viandas and you'd be like, well, what viandas? And if they were just to say viandas... That's a, that's entirely acceptable for like yeah because my you go family. to a restaurant and someone and someone comes up to you and then they're like here's this dish and then they list off twenty different ingredients and like the five different sauces in there and they're all highly specific and they're like all of this stuff and nobody comes over and they're like you know this is a plate of viandas enjoy you know that's just not I think that the nature of viandas is so much more like intimate familial more community based the more metropolitan that you become like the more access to foods and vegetables outside of your region and foods and vegetables outside of season that you Mm -hmm. gain access to. And so it's not as much part of your culture to just reach for the viandas, the durable viandas that you just have lying in your kitchen because, you know, you can always make something with it. Viandas live in this sort of twilight zone, right? So like we've obviously gone through various different viandas and defined what exactly they are and got into detail about what they feel like, what they look like and all of those details. But in truth, when we say viandas, we mean all of them and specifically one of them at the same time. And we know exactly what we're talking about when we're talking to each other. If I'm talking about viandas as a general concept, you would know, Frida. And if I'm telling mm-hmm. you which, that I'm making an ajiaco, then you would know exactly which viandas I'm asking for. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like it's kind of like this weird, unclear area that also requires a level of understanding each other. Well, it's like el deso, you know, when yeah, your mom... Yeah, el deso. Bucame el deso. So basically, this is something that parents do a lot and Cuban parents do a lot. I bet many of you can relate to this. They're asking for something. They want you to pick something up from somewhere. And instead of telling you exactly what it is and where to pick it up, they'll point in a general direction and say, dame deso, give me the thing. And you have no idea what thing it is. But you are expected to try hard to figure out what that thing is because they are not going to get more specific than that nope. and that's what viandas is like too <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah exactly el, el, viandas are el deso of vegetables <laughs> on that no i remember sitting down as an adult sitting down with my mother to exclusively and specifically ask her the question mami cuáles vegetales tú me diste a mí cuando era chiquita like, mom what vegetables did you feed me when i was little and she would say specifically viandas Vegetables. It's like getting the answer, vegetables, basically. Yeah. <laughs> but specifically, potatoes, like of some sort, root vegetables of some sort. From an American perspective, you're like, well, that's basically not eating 
vegetables. You know, you think of vegetables and you think of the more nutritious ones, you know, the broccolis, the carrots, the the spinach, the kales, all of those things. And for your mother to be like, of course we ate vegetables. Are you stupid? We ate viandas. You know? And you'd be like, okay, yet, you got it. Like, yes. And yet, I think that we're not taught in school just how nutritious some of these viandas actually can be. Like That's when you think true. about sweet potato, sweet potato is now like the best like food that you could possibly eat. Or it is considered like a, like a super, one of those super foods, highly nutritious foods. And you know what that is? It's a vianda. It's a vianda. It's a vianda. I bet okay. you. So vianda's like got a lot going on. Where like millennial Cuban or Gen Z Cuban comes home and is like, "Mommy, yo quiero sweet potato," and then the mom is like, "¿Qué quieres vianda?" <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's that's that how the, that's how the conversations go. Yeah. So it seems as though if you're Cuban. And you're of our generation, you feel like either you never ate vegetables growing up or you ate them and they were viandas. Yeah, viandas have been such a huge part of Cuban cuisine and Cuban culture and like probably archaeological history forever. And so we bring it into our language. So we found so many cubanismos that actually had viandas in them, but this one is our favorite. Mija, recoge el boniato. <laughs> I've heard that mostly it, when I trip over my own feet and then someone next to me is like almost as if I was carrying yams and dropped one and tripped over it but obviously not you know I'm tripping over my own feet yeah like pick up the boniato that's on the floor that you just tripped on yeah it's just so silly <laughs> it's so silly but it's also like it's almost like a call and response it's kind of like when you sneeze and you're like I chew and someone's like bless you it's like you trip and someone's like <laughs> like you have to say it like if not it's I don't know bad luck I don't know back juju I don't know what happens to you like aka like what comes to get you I don't even know like you have to I cannot wait to see the visuals for this guanismo because it's just gonna be like a big boniato that someone just tripped on because that's like the only way that's the only way you trip we know mm -hmm. because there's too many viandas in your house mm -hmm. so let that be your new year's resolution special thanks to all of our patrons Elena Carolina Lauren Gianni Vidal Christine D Derek Ryan Jose Susan Celia Catherine Lauren Kellis Kaylee Amaury Kristen Sarah Karina Josh Jason Yvette and Jesse we love you to death we would also like you to holler at us on all social media at Take It Easy Pod if you want to send us an email we are at Take It Easy Pod at gmail.com check us out on OpenSea we've got an NFT up for sale Cafe Con Crypto and we also have a merch store we hope that you will continue to support us and we'll see you at the next one take it easy viandas i'm so happy we did a viandas episode take it easy <laughs> finally with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.